gonna ruin the Disney magic for a second. I'm sorry. Ten toes down, boys. We're in for a good one. <laughs> well said. All right, my friends, it's Social Q&A Live. That's an epically hard to pronounce name. It is. And then dive into your questions around dating. This much is fucking good at social dynamics and relationships. That's like a shot of a dip. Yo, what's good, my friends? It's Adam here, and welcome to the Social Q&A Live audio strip taken right from the YouTube live sesh. I opened it up to questions on dating, relationships, social dynamics, anything in the world of human interaction. So you guys can join those live sessions over on YouTube basically every Friday, 10 a.m. Australian Central Standard Time, for the time being anyway. Now, if you guys would like to receive a quick sip of social dynamics every Friday, you can sign up to the free weekly email newsletter, The Bowl Sip. Every week, I send out a free article on Fridays. That's actually taking me quite a bit of time to write nowadays. They used to be pretty quick, but now I go real deep into them. I also use it as a way to update the resources of wisdom, which you guys can find at boldojo.com. So any quotes I found that week, uh, any music, updates to the Panda Emperor Sexy Time playlist or the We Take 9000 playlist, you know, all those things, anime, documentaries, movies, anything that's going to the resources of wisdom, you can stay up to date with that through the bowl sip so all you have to do to sign up to it is just head to boldojo.com slide your email in and then check your inbox for the confirmation email and also for all emails going forward if you don't think you've received it on friday just check your promotions folder in gmail or your spam folder in outlook etc because basically any email that has links in it gets automatically thrown into the uh, promotions thing so if you don't think you got it, just check those folders, okay? Now, if you guys are looking to dive into a little bit of deeper educational content, you can head over to boldoja.com and number one, pick up the brand new guided meditation, Eternal Energy. It's a deep dive into who you are and a guiding hand into evolving beyond. Featuring five tracks. Number one, cultivating your scented energy. Number two, revealing your darkness. Number three, creating your light. Number four, unlocking your sexual flow. And finally, wrapping things up with the fifth track, One Energy returning you back to the hole. It took me a solid two months to produce that bad boy and it's an absolute journey. So if you would like to dive into something a lot deeper, go ahead and pick that up at boldoja.com. Along with that, if you are looking to get your day game sorted, your social dynamics sorted, if you've been walking down the street and you're seeing a beautiful woman, you just don't know what the hell to do with yourself, well then I've got you covered there as well. Adam's Crash Course Kick-Ass Day Game eBook is also available at boldoja.com. Quick action guide. Most importantly, it is not a sit in your chair at home and read and then go hmm that sounds theoretically reasonable you need to actually get out there and apply that's what it's intended to be used when i created it it was meant to be something you go out with come home with reference with in terms of real world action it just doesn't really make sense until you're actually going out there and meeting people so that's what it's intended for you want to use it as your uh, teacher as your guide as your kind of pseudo adam along your journey. Along with that, I highly recommend pairing up a 30-day challenge with it. Anyone who buys the ebook, you just need to check your emails within 24 to 48 hours afterwards. I personally email basically everyone with a little tips for the ebook. And in that email, I recommend you get on a 30-day challenge and pair that with the ebook. Uh, it's just it harkens back to how I got my journey and how I corrected my life at the beginning, corrected my social freedom, freedom of choice in my dating life came through the 30-day challenge it's powerful so that's what i highly recommend and if you guys want more uh information on the 30-day challenge i often drop links in that email as well and then finally for those that are really looking to dive deeper create action plans bust through their limiting beliefs i do offer one-on-one skype coaching 
the bowl inside is probably the best way to go, which is for my deeper level clients who sign up to packages. Packages are completely customizable to you based on frequency, based on volume. But basically what bowl inside members get over once off Skype sessions is number one, priority messaging. They get access to my private WhatsApp number and within 24 hours, I will respond to them outside of Australian weekends based on anything. They need feedback on a situation they're dealing with this girl, this guy, family members, business relationships, etc. Want to check that text conversation, want to send me that audio, I'm going to be there for them. The second benefit Bowl Insiders get is priority bookings, which basically means you get fast-tracked that if you want to get in a session today and maybe someone was 50-50 about it, well, you get that session. You get your session times prioritized above everyone else. And especially for my clients uh, around the world with arranging time zones, it proves to be quite beneficial. So if you are interested in diving into the Bowl Inside packages, then you can just hit me up at bowldojo.com. In the product section, you find all the links there and actually the links to everything I've just spoken about, guided meditation, ebook, all at bowldojo.com. Just hit the product section and I'll see you soon. Now, if you guys would like to support this channel directly, you can donate anything that you wish through the PayPal link. You can do this two ways. Number one, on bowldojo.com, in the Boulderjo podcast section, there's actually a donate straight through the website uh, link right in that section there. So you guys can get that. Or you can also just go straight to PayPal, which is paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I, Adamui, and you can donate anything that you wish. And I just want to say that whether you donate through the Super Chat on YouTube or you do it directly through the website or PayPal, anything that you donate is so greatly appreciated. It just helps keeping this show going. It lets me know that you guys truly value it. So thank you so much for all that have donated in the past and for all that will in the future. Anthony Kanchesta. And with all that being said, let's finally dive into social Q&A live. Yosha! Moshere. Moshere. That's what we're talking about with Mr. Nice Guy. In terms of energy being traded, emotions being traded, what do you look at with, in particular in high school, the guys that are naturals who are kind of dicks, right? Better or worse, they're kind of a bit of dicks, but they're only dicks perceived by the Mr. Nice Guy. If you actually go back and look at them, they're probably actually doing the right thing in terms of just uh, being unapologetic about what they truly feel. Maybe not being as savvy as they could be with a bit of empathy that they learn should learn later on in life, because, you know, they're only in high school. Give them a bat. But what are they doing for the girl? Extreme emotional rise. 10 out of 10. All right? When the girl goes to see them, when she rocks up to school that day, she knows that when I see Mac, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. He might love me. He might hate me. He might on purposely try and kiss another girl in front of me. He might uh, try and pull my skirt up and so I get so embarrassed. He might do 100,000 things. Right, not that I'm encouraging any of these things, but he might do a hundred thousand things. I don't fucking know. It's always a roller coaster with him. What's being traded? Emotions, emotional connection. She gets an emotional rise. The more emotion she's allowed to feel, the more connection points she gets to a reconfirmation of what, my friends. Another E word, existence. There's very little confirmation in existence in what you expect in a low hum strawberry shortcake of the Mister Nice Guy. There is many points of opportune points to be reconfirmed that I do in fact exist through the emotional rise, the emotional spike that I get from a guy who just doesn't give a fuck, who's super unapologetic. Social dynamics on tap. Maybe he lacks a bit of empathy because he's young. Hopefully later on in life he does learn that. If he watches some of this content, should. But now let's transfer that to 21-year-old Justin. 
this doesn't I, I painted you the high school one because it's a great analogy because we can throw out external value points because we know for sure that there are very few high schoolers that uh, do that have those external value points self-generated. Let's get to 21 though. Let's get to 21 year olds. When I go down to the beach that I explained last week, Oh, I was down on the beach just this week as well. I mean, in the last podcast, I discussed it. When I go out at night, why? how is it possible? How is it possible? I think you should know now. But it's just very interesting, isn't it, Justin, that when you do go out to a club, that there are a lot of guys with some very extremely attractive women that aren't necessarily got an Aston Martin parked outside that have a South Beach Miami penthouse. Some of the most attractive girls you'll see just sitting, like let's say it's 2 a.m. on any main strip in any metropolitan city. You know, a lot of people are getting kind of tired of the clubs and they want to get someone to eat. If you're up there in bloody Melbourne or Sydney, you're getting your halal snack pack. You're getting your HSP. You, if you're here in Australia, you're getting your ABs. You're getting your Euros, whatever you're getting. You're out there having street food. And you look at the tables of of... This is once all the clubbing's kind of done. And you see a really attractive girl sitting down at the tables. And what type of guys they're sitting with? A lot of them are very rough guys. Very rough. The type of guys you wouldn't want to fucking mess with. Like they've got tattoos all over them. They're wearing they're wearing a chain of some kind. They look like they've spent a few years in prison. Right? They're they're really rough looking guys. You just see this on any given night. This is a very common thing you go out for the last 10 years, you will find out. It's not It's not all of them. I'm not saying it's all of them, but I'm just painting that if this is an existing possibility, and if we're looking at the type of girls that I think Justin wants to get with, what are those girls receiving from those type of guys if it's not an Aston Martin and a monthly allowance and financial stability and a penthouse on South Beach, Miami? Because he doesn't have those. What is he giving her? There's another emotion that we have not discussed. Safety. Confirmation of safety. The feeling of safety. What is safety? Women say, I want to feel safe around a man. What does that mean? What does that mean? Uh, That if a guy tried to attack me, he could fight that guy. If another girl tried to steal my shit, he could run after her, get it back. Yeah, okay, great visuals, great visuals. But it doesn't really explain what safety actually means if you get to the cellular level and what the person's actually feeling. What does safety mean in terms of emotions? What does safety mean in terms of emotions? There's many answers to this question, but it's going to require an answer that takes me into a vessel-like mentality. You have to give me an answer that gives me something in the idea of a vessel. However you want to describe the vessel... That's for you guys in the chat. Give me an answer. What does safety look like in terms of emotions? And the reason why we're asking this is because it's probably one of the number one uh, currency points. If you look at if the number one currency traded between human beings is emotions, well, there are there are stocks within emotions. If that is the trading exchange. If that's the ASX, there are companies within the ASX that rank higher than others. And safety is one on the emotionally traded list that ranks almost equal first with a couple others. That they're ju- they, they go back and forward. 
And we're explaining very micro tactics of social dynamics now for Justin, because I like to oscillate between both the philosophy and the social dynamics. But you think about rough guys who don't have cars, don't have that much money, really. They're probably, if anything, if they've got a girlfriend, if one of those hot girls is one of his girlfriends, he's probably living with her. It's not his house. Yet she stays with him. She feels safe with him. Why? On an emotional level, why? Very interesting. You just got to spend time with these people. It's you won't be able to answer this question if you've never spent time with these people. But there is a there's a vessel like relationship, and that's all I'll say to you guys. See if you can get it. Okay, I'm just going up in the chat here. Good up in the chat here. There's a lot of chat right here. <laughs> okay, so a few of you guys had taken a swing when I asked you the initial question of what is the number one currency. No one actually got the title of it before I said it, uh, but Jay Nu and Joe had given good explanations. Yeah, a lot of you got very close with your explanations, but you didn't give the right title. So I couldn't give you 100,000 zenny, man. See, even when 8% disciple, he tried to answer the question, is the greatest currency between people acceptance and validation? You're just as correct as Jay New and Joe Elvin were, except you just gave me companies listed within the stock exchange being traded. You just didn't give me the name of the actual stock exchange, which is emotions. Oh, and then Joe Elvin finally came in with emotions. Good. But Joe, I don't know if you said that before I said no, you didn't. You didn't say that. Because if you had said that before I said it, then uh I would get him I would have given you the hundred thousand zenny. So better luck next time, mate. <laughs> so Jay knew it asked a question about if emotions allow us to feel alive, what does that make in difference? Jay, that's a very deep philosophical question, which is not relevant to what we're talking about right now. When we get to open Q&A, feel, okay, it is on the same topic, but not to the question I've just asked. If we don't get it by the end of this, because we're going to keep this podcast rolling, just ask me an open Q&A. It's, it's a reasonable question. I like the question. It's just going to get way off on a tangent here. So the question I've currently asked you guys is, what is safety on an emotional level? What does safety mean? Why does a woman uh, value safety? Section in a sexual relationship, particularly, why does why does that rank as one of the top companies being traded in the in the stock exchange of emotions between human beings? Yeah, how about that? How about that? That's what I want the answer to right here. I gave you a clue in terms of vessel-like relationship. Distract on came in saying, "It's so simple that I feel dumb for missing it." Fuck it, though, I'm learning. <laughs> good man, good man. Easy, uh, yeah. Is uh, it's all right. Yep, baby. <laughs> yep, baby. Hey, you're not excuse what I mean. Uh, okay, so here we've got some answers here. Richo J. Richo thinks that what safety means on an emotional level is that they are receiving masculinity. I'm not sure if he an- that was his answer to the question, actually. He just said that. And here we go. Here's a definitely an answer. Distracon says, or well, his attempt at an answer, saying, they're getting protection and in some cases, excitement from the tough guys. 
Yes, very general though to strike on. You'd have to describe me what's being protected. This that would be the specific. You you're there. You're in the right. You've you've entered the right ocean. Now I need you to take me to a certain current. You're not quite specific enough. Jay New comes with an answer saying safety means groundedness. Too general. Even more general. That's even more general than distract gods. If you're not even. It's hard to say you're even in the ocean with that. Too general. Justin comes in saying vulnerability. That's one word. You have to explain what that means, Justin. Just like everyone else. Too general. Uh, Jose is saying you can be vulnerable and still be accepted. As in that's what safety means on an emotional level. Jose, a little too romantic. A little too romantic. Please please visualize. Uh, for you guys, please visualize. It's 2 a.m. on a hot on a hot night, on a hot club strip, say in Melbourne, and people coming out of the clubs, guys bring girls out of the clubs, and you're walking past the, the old Euro shop, the old kebabby, walking past the kebabby shop, and outside on the bloody white deck chairs, you've got groups of guys and girls, there's tons of people, tons of energy still as it is, and you've got, let's say, five absolute straight diamonds, some of the most attractive women you've ever seen. Yeah, a couple of the guys they're sitting with are just these just absolute street rats. They look like street rats. They got that street rat love. They tatted up chains, rings that flash in it, but they they look like they wouldn't know the single they wouldn't know a thing about an investment account. They wouldn't know a thing about a low-cost index account. They wouldn't know a thing about planning for the future. They wouldn't know anything about they probably don't even have their own car. Right? They probably don't they're probably living at one of the girls' places on in her bed, right? That's the type of guys we're talking about. Rough guys, probably spent a few years in prison. It's probably been, been in at least been in juvie, right? They, they you just would not want to fucking mess with them, these type of guys. These are the type of guys you often see sitting with some of the most the most attractive women at the end at 2 a.m. at front of the kebabby shop. I, t- I asked you about safety. The reason why I said, Jose, you're being too romantic is because you said, he's, I asked you, what does safety mean on an emotional level, on a cellular emotional level? What is that woman getting at that kebab shop sitting with that guy and their relationship, obviously, in general? But giving you a face to it in that moment, you're saying to me that she can be vulnerable and still be accepted? I don't disagree with that. It's just, it's not specific enough. It's it's too romantic. It's I don't disagree with it though. It's got to, got to do more work with it. Distraction comes in saying, in terms of emotions, it's comfort. And Joe Elvin then comes in to say comfort as well. Now you're all you're all a little off on this one. You're all a little off. Well, you're off, but you're on. Like you, I'm not disagreeing. Yes. Uh, safety does feel comfortable. Absolutely. But comfortable about what? So some of you, any of you who said comf- comfort, comfort and protection, one of you said protection before. Who of you said protection? One of you said protection. Uh, Distracon. Distracon said they're getting protection. And I said to him, you're in the right ocean, just not the right current. You need to explain to me what's being protected. If you would explain to me what's being protected, what they feel comfortable about, I guess that's maybe what Jose, if you tried to combine Jose's answer of being vulnerable, being accepted, I guess if you combine those answers, you might be closer, but that would, yeah, that's big, that would be a stretch there anyway. Augustus Edom 
comes in saying vulnerability slash stability, same issue with the rest of the answers, too general, doesn't explain what the vulnerability is about or the stability is about. Thank you, though. Tonio then comes in saying safety means to let your calmness affect her so that she can be still in her emotional ocean. Safety means to let your calmness affect her so that she can be still in her emotional ocean. Tonio is the closest. He is the first to actually give a specific. It's just that, Tonio, you've been a little too jazzy with your words. Your words could be interpreted in many ways. So I don't know if you're pointing towards what I want, what I would like you to be pointing towards. It's a little too flowery in terms of like, it could be interpreted in many different ways what you say. But let me say this, you are definitely the closest. Not 100% there, but you're definitely closest. Jay New says, you are the lightning rod to her emotions. You will not shatter if she pushes on you. That's what makes those hard guys rough or hard. So, Jay, no, I definitely agree with you, but you're actually speaking towards you're speaking towards him more than her. What I'm just discussing here is that, so if I'd asked the question based on, if I flipped the perspective from the male perspective, you'd be bang on. You'd be bang on. If you could just flip that perspective for the female, then you'll be on. Because we're talking about this from her perspective. I asked the question, why are those girls with those guys? Not why are those guys with those girls? Make sense? So, but you're you're on the right thought line. You and Antonio are really starting to get your headings here. You're really starting to get your bearings. So you two are the closest. K Wu comes in saying, she'll she trusts that you'll be there, be there when she needs you. And when will she need you, K Wu? So that's what you and Jay New are on the similar line there. And some of you that have said protection, vulnerability, stability, you're kind of on the lines there. I definitely agree with you. She definitely trusts that you'll be there when she needs you, but when will she need you? That's what will explain the safety being traded in emotional currency here. We just need some, some specifics here. Okay. Augustus says, spit it out. No, sir, if you're not patient enough, and I haven't even seen you pop up in this chat. If you're not patient enough to learn along with the rest, you don't have to be here. So relax. Ochitsuke. Uh, ben Highland then comes in to say emotional safety is about a, by the way, Augustus, these are four hour podcasts. So if you're not prepared for attention span, then you, like I said, relax. <laughs> ben High comes in saying, cause this is about people learning. This is not about just giving you direct answers. This is actually when people learn the most, when they're being challenged to refine their thoughts. Ben High comes in to say emotional safety is about a woman having a glass to spill into when hers overflows and the man is able to accept her and allow her to progress through her emotions. Okay, Ben's now the closest. I gave you guys a really strong clue. I gave you a very strong clue at the beginning here saying there is a vessel-like relationship, which is what makes safety an emotional trade and why it's so highly ranked, which is what we're talking about here. Ben is the first to really give me a very good idea of the vessel relationship. Tonio kind of 
when he says safety means to let your calmness affect her so she can, she can still be in her emotional ocean. It's just not quite specific enough. But then Ben gets... Ben... It's almost like Tonio passed the torch to Ben. Ben refines it a little more and says emotional safety is about women having a glass to spill into when she overflows and the man is able to accept her and allow her to progress through her emotions. Ben's pretty damn close. It's like 99%. There's just one thing. There's one thing that I would like someone to touch on. Some of you have actually kind of opened it. You've mentioned you've mentioned the word protection, but if no, if no one gets closer than Ben, we'll end it here and we'll move on, as in we'll finish it. However, uh, Ben is definitely the closest. He's basically there. Not 100,000 any, but he's pretty close. Richo comes in saying, safety means safe on a biological level, i.e. the woman has a good genetic healthy kid, and second, they want leaders. Safety stems from men protecting their families and sourcing resources. Uh, okay, so you've definitely hit a very good explanation of the logical, biological sense, but that's probably the furthest away from the answer to this question, which has got nothing to do with that at all. This is a deeply emotional... Uh, the answer is a deeply emotional one, absolutely. That, uh, But I don't disagree, Richard. I do not disagree with what you're saying. Just not the answer to this particular question. Okay. Okay, so this... If you guys haven't got it by now, you're not going to get it. So I'm just going to go through here and just see very quickly, just in case. There's an interesting answer here. Maybe I should read this one out. I'm just trying to do a better job because remember last week I gave you guys so much time on that beach question with the Fight Club that yeah, it was funny listening to it in post with how much time I gave you guys and it's just a good bit of fun. But I realized those listening in post, there are people who listen. There will be a couple hundred people who will listen to this in post, which is why we're going to keep the session rolling. So what's interesting is that Augustus, who was getting really impatient before, actually said something of worth. Uh, Augustus comes in to say safety from being penetrated by other men whilst being able to relax in the demonstration of his direction. Uh, part one of what you're saying there is what Richard was saying with the biological need to feel safety. I don't disagree with that, but it's also not what we're getting on here. But the later half of what you said, being able to relax in the demonstration of his direction. So what's interesting is that Augustus, uh, you redeemed yourself here with that last part of your answer because that is almost as good as what Ben came in with. That's almost as good. If I, when, I come, when we finish this in a second, you two are pretty much line in line with each other. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, no. 8% disciple. By the way, I'm going to stop saying that. What is your name? <laughs> what is your fucking name? Because you've actually given... The answer, that's not an answer. So, fuck. For those 8% disciples, god damn it. So, he comes in and he says, Is it that she can be fully herself and knowing he will be able to handle it, a vessel for her femininity, maybe? There's a question marks at the end of it. If you had just not put question marks on the end of them, 
<laughs> oh man. Okay. If eight percent desirable had not put question marks on the end of his statements, well, they're not statements. Then they're questions. They're not, as you guys know, you have to stand behind what you're saying. If you put a question mark on the end of what you say, that is a question. That is not an answer, which doesn't show your confidence in it. So I can't give you a correct mark on that. But let's say a percent disciple had meant it confidently and had said that she can be fully herself knowing he will be able to handle it, a vessel for her femininity. If we, listen, 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 we're going to end this right here. I said, but not the podcast. We're going to end this right. It's going on too long. But if we take the amalgamation of 8% disciple, the bottom end of what Augustus had said, and the full of what Ben had said, we pretty, you guys as a team have pretty much got it. Let's get it. Ben Highland had said, okay, what was the question, by the way? You got these super attractive, really attractive women. And we're talking about absolute diamonds. But the type of guys that they seem to be with aren't the guys that have all this external value. They don't have penthouses, don't have Aston Martins, don't have uh, financial investment accounts, et cetera, et cetera, in the houses. But these women still want to hang around with outwardly looking without even knowing them. They look like straight rats. They look like just really rough guys that you wouldn't want to fucking mess with. So what are they getting? What are they getting there? We already understand this. The number one currency traded between human beings, emotions. They're getting an emotional rise. Why is that important? It reconfirms to them that they are in fact alive. However, that is the that is the ASX, that is the stock exchange, we should call it the ESX, that is the emotional stock exchange we are talking about. But listed within that stock exchange, there are companies, there are currencies within it, stocks within it, that rank higher than others. One of them I mentioned, safety. Because if you're out there at 2 a.m. on, the, on a Friday or Saturday night, and you're seeing this thing going down, you're going, okay, there's got to be something going on here behind, besides the fact that, to what Richo was saying, that, listen, he could probably protect her in a physical sense, that she, if a guy tried to roll up, tried to rape her, tried to sexually abuse her, this guy could probably handle it. Correct. Yes, on a biological level, that is definitely an exchange of emotions in that stock exchange that is pretty high up on the list. It's not the one that we're talking about, though. It's not the one we're talking about because she could get that in many different guys and it not be a sexually polarized relationship. You actually see this quite a bit. A lot of girls, particularly very attractive girls, keep around a few guys on life rafts that they never intend to have sexual relationships with, but purely because they feel safe in a physical sense with them, that they're just a big stocky guy. And uh, even though he's still a bit of a nice guy, she at least feels like she can go to places with him and People aren't, she's not going to get hassled by other people. But she never intends on having a deep, meaningful sexual relationship with him. So that's why we, that's why Richo, that's why I ruled out your biological, uh, why that's not the key answer here. Hopefully that makes sense. The other part, uh, well, moving on from there, I then just brought in that question. We talked about what was number one, what is, if it's not the number one in that emotional stock exchange being traded in that scenario with straight rats. With guys who are very rough, who don't have the external value points, what are they getting there in that emotional trade? I said safety, but I needed some of you to explain that. I needed some of you to come in and say, what does safety actually mean on a cellular emotional level? What is she feeling safe about? A lot of you have been far too general. Uh, you just, you've been off the plot. A lot of you guys have been challenged of this. That's okay. And we've been working through it. But if I can get three of you together and put three of you into a bit of a, a bit of a beehive, a bit of a mind hive, 
three of you put together can get us there. B comes in with saying, <clears throat> emotional safety is about a woman having a glass to spill into when hers overflows and the man is able to accept her and allow her to progress through her emotions. Bang. Hold that. Go to the end of what Augustus said. Forget about the biological reason, safety from being penetrated by the men, but go to when he then says, whilst being able to relax in the demonstration of his direction. Bang. Ben Highland, she can spill over her emotions, knows that she'll be accepted, can progress through them. Augustus, she can relax in a demonstration of direction. One more. One more. Put one more together. Get us one more and we'll be there. 8% disciple, and he didn't even mean this as an actual answer, but I'm just, I've got, I've got, I'm pulling strings to get, to try to give you guys a win here. <laughs> 8% disciple says, is it that she can be fully herself and knowing he will be able to handle it, question mark, a vessel for her femininity? Put all of these threes together, all these three together, what do we get? I gave you a clue at the beginning. Your answer to why safety is the number, basically the highest trading stock and company in the emotional stock exchange between these two and what she gets the most from this street rat in the form of safety. Why is it that these three that I've given you are so on point? They're not fully there in any individual one sense, but if you put them all together, what does it describe? When she's sitting there on those white deck chairs eating her euros and there's all these other really attractive girls around and there's these couple uh, absolute rough as rough guys, absolute street rats, right? What is she getting from there? Put them all three together. A vessel-like relationship. A vessel-like relationship in which that, not so much on a physical sense, in which that she's afraid that someone's going to try and kidnap her, rape her, pull her into her back straight. While that does play, that does play, it's not primary, not right, especially if you live in a relatively safe area. Safety psychologically. Safety in emotions, some of you had given me very general words such as protection and comfort, vulnerability and stability. Far too general though. But it's when Ben Highland discusses an image of if her cup overflows, she can spill into his. You have to understand what that means. And when Tonio had talked about the oceans, and what did Tonio specifically say actually? Because actually I'm forgetting about you, Tonio. You did come in with something good as well. Oh, I have to drag it back up. That's way too far back. But basically, Antonio had given a, a nice example. It's just a little too unspecific about the ocean and the water. But emotional safety on a cellular level is a psychological trade happening between the two in which that no matter what happens within her, whatever emotion she wishes to express, whichever way she wishes to be confirmed that she does exist, it will be validated. This is what safety means on an emotional level. If you throw away for now, or just not even throw away, just downstep the biological need for safety, right? At a time in our lives, in our evolutionary development, yes, that would have most likely been more primary before we really started to develop deep egos. But now in 21st society, in 21st century, the... The biological need to stay alive or our awareness of that and the security of that is not on the forefront of our minds when we go out for a night on the clubs. And we don't 
We don't choose the people we hang out with. We don't choose the places we go to based on will I make it out alive tonight. That's not number one, which is why Richo was off. And for those of you that were thinking that are off. Rewind 10,000 years ago, I agree with you. Fast forward 10,000 years, society's pretty safe that we don't have to consider that as number one. So if that's not number one, what has to be number one? I talked to you guys before about why is it at all that the number one currency traded between human beings is emotions? What was the answer to that, guys? Confirmation of existence. Step it down now to a micro of why a very attractive woman would be with someone who doesn't really have all these external value points that society makes you believe this is what is required to have a deep, meaningful, or at least a deeply connected, how meaningful it is, you'd have to ask them, but sexual connection with someone. you don't, That's not a prerequisite. The car, the house, Justin, the car, the house, the money, it's not a prerequisite to sexual connection between masculine and feminine energy. You asked me, about developing masculine feminine polarity to the degree in which a woman doesn't even understand why she's attracted to you. Go to the wide deck chairs at 2 a.m. Saturday night in front of the in front of the kebab shop and you look at these extremely attractive women and if you could just pull them to the side, just get them into the side street, get a little podcast mic out and just ask them a few questions. What what do you get from this street rat? What do you get from this guy? This guy he doesn't, he doesn't have the Aston Martin. He's not, he's not wearing a flashy shirt. He's wearing bloody trackies and a chain and he's got tattoos on his knuckles. He looks like a really rough guy. What are you getting from him? Safe. I feel safe with him. Wait, what do you mean you feel safe with him? Do you mean just like he could probably fuck someone up? No, nah, not really that. It's not really that. It's just like I feel really safe with him. That's what she'll say. You can question to the cows come home, Justin. What does safe mean? Keep, keep her there. Drug her with the truth serum. She'll keep saying to you, I feel safe with him. I feel safe. Only a woman who is extremely self-aware dived into the depths of her psychology, maybe had a session with someone like with me to unpack what safe means. Maybe being in a social Q&A like this to understand what safe means. Would she actually be able to understand and give you an answer that sounds coherent as to, I just feel safe around him. I just feel safe around. I don't know, you know, like, is it because he's like just such like a rugged, good-looking guy? Oh, he is rugged and good-looking, but it's more just that I feel, I just feel safe around him. Anyways, I got to go, right? She's not going to go that deep into it. And you're going to be left there in the side street going, what the fuck does safe mean? And then you go, okay, safe must mean I got to be jacked, got to train, got to be black belt in jujitsu, got to get uh, weapons trained, got to be a master of, of hand-to-hand combat. That's what safe means. Nope, you'd be completely far off of that. Psychological safety, emotional currency being traded, vessel relationship. My friends in the live chat and Justin to help you understand this so you understand her. Who do you feel the most safest around? Now, I don't know what experiences you have of other masculine beings. But I tell you right now, when I, I go to a powerlifting gym, the guys that I feel the safest around aren't the biggest. They aren't the ones that have the biggest deadlift. They aren't the ones that can push hundreds of kilos off a bench. They aren't the most jacked, pumped up bodybuilder dudes. They are the ones that inspire a certain relationship. A vessel-like relationship. If I had an emotional breakdown, just one day, let's say I was scheduled to go do a pool session at the gym, but... 
my brother died that morning. And, you know, it's all I could do to get to the gym. And I was basically on the borderline of having an emotional breakdown. Who's the guy that I want to talk with? The one who can hold a vessel for me. The one that in the midst of my emotional breakdown can confirm that I'm still alive. And that my concept of who I think I am, as much as it is being burnt, absolutely burnt, because an attachment I have so deeply in my life to my brother has been taken away. And while I feel like the very bonds of reality are being destroyed right here, there's someone who can hold a vessel for me. So while I'm melting down, I don't lose myself altogether, do I? I get melted down into a vessel. I feel safe around him. Why? Because he can hold me. The people you feel safest around on an emotional level and what's being traded are not the people who are the most physically imposing. They're not the ones that have black belts in jujitsu necessarily. Actually, you might find some there though, but, but not just by definition. They're not the ones that are uh, marksman trained and that are hand-to-hand combat trained. They're not the biggest dudes, all the scariest dudes. The ones that in the event of any emotional outburst, in the event of any unforeseen circumstance, they will hold you. And I don't just mean like they will hold you. I mean they will hold you. I don't mean that if this go back onto the street with the kebab shop with this absolute dime piece with the street rat and a couple of them, and I said to her, what do, you, what do you get from him? And she says, I feel safe around him. What do you mean you feel safe? What does that mean? You feel safe. And that's the number one reason why you're attracted to him and have a sexual connection with him. You feel safe. And why is it that, why doesn't it matter that he doesn't have an Aston Martin and that he doesn't have investment farms down Tasmania and all this money? What? Why, does that, why doesn't that matter? Because I feel safe. Tell me again, why do you feel safe? I don't know why. She got to say, I don't know why, but you guys should be able to answer it now. He can be my vessel if I need. If I need, he can be my vessel. What's one thing we know about, particularly when you go out at night? Extremely emotional environment, right? Girls often aren't fighting with other guys. Girls are fighting with other girls for other reasons, sexual interest reasons, uh, status, social reasons, etc. In any case, at least in that one micro sense, whatever the emotional outburst, the unforeseen circumstance, there's one thing that this guy, this street rat provides that other men don't, that at least other men don't who put all their value in external. There's one thing that the street rat has that the man on Wall Street doesn't. There's one thing that the street rat has that is inexhaustible, that is undying, that cannot be taken away from him. You can take away his car, you can take away his money, you can take away the house, take away all the clothes off his back. Yet there's something you won't take away from the street rat, which is why an extremely attractive woman repeatedly finds herself around someone like that. Do you guys get it? Do you guys understand? You only have to look to one of the greatest Disney movies of all time and stories of all time in Aladdin to understand this concept. Why is it that Jasmine is attracted so deeply and falls in love almost immediately with street rat version of Aladdin, yet rejects Prince Aladdin, Prince Ali. If you guys know the story of Aladdin well enough, and you should, but there's a lot of truth within that that polarity and why she falls so deeply and madly in love with a street rat version versus the showing up, fluffing up, external value dependent Prince Ali. 
If you can understand why she rejects Prince Ali, but loves straight Aladdin, you understand why in our real world, it's not a prerequisite to have such extreme endowment of external value and why that's so fleeting. And we will talk now about the type of women that will go for that because I can hear in some of your minds, but what about the girls? What about the women that, that we all know are gold digger? We all know a girl on a payroll, Adam. You know, you're talking about the girls at the payroll. I'll talk about the girls at the payroll. But they are not every girl. They are not the uh, uh, the common. But And we will talk about the forsaking. We'll get to that. Slow down, my friends. There's a lot to unpack here, but we're talking about Justin, who's 21 in Canada. I see. Let's see if any of you have had some realizations in the chat. Let's have a look here. So there's a lot of chatting. Let's come in here. Well, Tonya had finally come in saying she will protect, she will feel protected by you by able to hold her impulsive, emotional female nature while shielding her from others as well as your calm energy. If you had said that a lot earlier, you would have got, you would have got it. That's way, way too late, son. Well done though. Well done. Okay. <laughs> Richo said Augustus is the Daniel LaRusso going into Cobra Kai gym for the first time. <laughs> I hope you're referencing original uh, Karate Kid there and not the uh, the new one. Not that I haven't seen the new one, but original was always be original. I don't mind that though. Augustus comes in with a realization. I just want to see what you guys, if any of you had had any light bulbs when I started to talk about the vessel relationship here and what the vessel relationship does for her. Reconfirmation of life, of existence. Augustus had come in saying, oh, this is why women want men who are empty emotionally or men who have mastered their emotions. We could dive into that a little bit more, but as a general, you, you're speaking to something. Yeah, and specifically Janu disagrees disagrees with that. There there are ways you can interpret that. We're not gonna get into that. It's too much of an tangent. Broxine comes in saying, like a big rock that stands and is not impacted because of her emotions, the splashing water against him. That's a great one. Not a perfect analogy, but a great analogy. Broxine, if you had altered that analogy to say, like a big rock that has a deep chasm within it because that would speak to the vessel relationship, that her water could splash across and is unwavered, but can fill and hold. What we're discussing here is the ability to hold. So you're halfway there with that. But I like I like your use of analogies. I like it when people can be specific with them. Good job. Not quite there, but good job. By the way, guys, in the chat, make sure you're staying focused and relevant to what we're talking about right now. Uh, try not to get lost in the chat because I've got to search through it all. It's going through here, guys. Yeah, guys, try try if you're gonna be talking in the chat, just make sure it's relevant to what we're talking about right now. Try not to have deep discussions between each other. That's not what the chat's for, okay? You guys can do that in your own time outside of it. Otherwise, it just takes me ages to read through this because I might accidentally skip over someone who's actually said something relevant to right now. Uh... Okay, so Richo Jr. had come in with something relevant. Augustus and Jay Nu, just chill out, guys. Chill out. 
Uh, Rich Early come in saying, Jasmine resonated with him. Uh, original card, I could. So I asked you guys, you'd get the answer to this question based in, but Rich Early, it's not just that Jasmine resonated with him. You must not know the story well enough. Uh, Jasmine fell in love with Aladdin right from the get, but there was a specific moment when I say right from the get. It wasn't just the first time they met when she was attempting to steal an apple. Well, she didn't attempt to steal the apple. She gave an apple to a street a street rat as well, but a young one, street rat kid, a mini street rat. She gave an apple to him, and the street vendor was about to cut her arm off with a machete for stealing. And that's when Aladdin and her first met. That wasn't when they fell in love with though, when she fell in love with him. It's when they went up to Aladdin's apartment, which was barely called an apartment. It's a, you know, that rundown uh, space upstairs in cement broken blocks, but it had a beautiful view of the palace. And just as they were about to kiss, the security guards, Jafar's uh, henchmen, had come up to grab her. And at the very last moment, Aladdin steps out onto the edge, holds out his hand and says the famous words, do you trust me? And she goes, what? Do you trust me? And before she can even fully respond, she, she's very skeptical. She's like, yeah. And then she just, he grabs her hand and they jump off. That's it. He falls, she falls in love with him. That's the very first moment. What's been spoken into there is again, the vessel relationship. Exactly the same principle being discussed in Aladdin is exactly the same principle that we will now wrap on for Justin, which is that we need to really summarize this back up for him because he's probably, he might probably, if he can logically understand it, great. But what does this actually mean for his real life? What does all this mean? If he understands about emotions and we understand that's the number one currency traded between human beings, what does this mean? Justin, you can chase building your external status to the end of time. It will never make you the type of man that can convey true masculinity to the level of which that a woman feels on a subconscious level that she doesn't even understand why she's attracted. There are many men with houses, cars, money, investment farms who do not possess the ability to inspire what you are after. It's not to say that you can't have cars, dream houses, money, and also have the social ability to trade on the number one currency between human beings, which is emotions. There is a reason, Justin, why some of the most attractive women find themselves with absolute dropkicks, absolute stray rats, guys that have... Really no direction in life. They don't have any sense for planning. Yet they do something for them. They trade on emotions. Specifically, an example I gave you, one of the most important emotions they trade on is safety. Not biological safety, psychological safety. What does that mean? A vessel-like relationship in which that no matter what happens to her in life, whatever emotions she experiences, he will not change. He will only be able to hold for her. She can erupt she can break down. She can go through anything in life. Her mom can throw her out of the house. She can get into a fight with her best friend. She can, uh, she, she even to the extent where he might even cheat on her, a lot of these girls will still hang around. 
even if he inflicts the pain, even if it's not a, a pain inflicted on her from some other source, even if he directly inflicts the pain, a lot of these women still hang around. Why? Because he still inspires that ability of a vessel-like relationship in which that she's ungrounded, she's unstable. There's a lot of tumultuous energy being thrown about, but she knows that when she comes to him, I get what I get. I don't get games of him. I don't get contracts of him. I don't get loopholes. I don't get section B, article four or five. This is what needs to happen now with him. I just get Justin the street rat is just Justin the street rat. That is why Aladdin, and that's why Jasmine fell in with Aladdin, the real street rat Aladdin, because he was just him. The reason why she rejects Prince Ali is because that's a mask. It's a caricature. We did, I mentioned before, some of you had mentioned masks. One of you mentioned the keyword masks before. The spider web of masks, which is what we will now get into. But I, before we do get into that, because we're going to talk about girls on the payroll. We're going to talk about girls on the payroll because I can hear that in your minds. And we're going to talk about girls who are, and women who have forsaken themselves. But at a core fundamental, core fundamental level, Justin. So Justin, now that you understand that, What's the how-to? What do I do then as a 21-year-old who has limited sexual experience, which we haven't even touched on yet? Uh, and limited sexual experience, limited, deep, emotional, uh, serious relationship experience, what to do then? If the answer isn't to go out and find an extreme, extremely awesome job with pays extremely well and get an extremely awesome car, if that's not the answer, how do I develop my ability to trade emotional currency? <laughs> it's called the journey of social dynamics. You're going to have very little money, you have no car, you have no house, but you always have the ability to go out and train your social dynamics, to go out and meet random called human beings, to go out and learn to know yourself in relation to others. I said this in a podcast, Social Q&A, earlier this year to a 15-year-old. Shout out to Mason. Shout out to Mason Yip, who is one of the World Bowl group members. He's 15 years old, youngest in the group. I said to him, if there's any one thing that I would say to a 15-year-old son or 15-year-old little brother that I would say is the number one skill to come out of high school with, it is this, social dynamics. Above your engineering, above your, your doctorate in, in metaphysical science, above your uh, physiotherapy, above your financial accounting and your, your whatever degree you want to pursue, above all those things, the number one skill that any human being can possess is the ability to know people. Our entire society is founded upon it. Even if you are going to be a doctor, even if you are going to be a lawyer, even if you are going to be a uh, investment financial accountant, who are you accounting for? Who are you taking care of? Who are you serving work to? People. Your success depends on your ability to interrelate with other people. That's all our entire existence is made of. This is why going to those extremely attractive women with street rats, how do the street rats get by? They know people. If there's one thing they do know, if they don't know much else, they know people. They're extremely savvy socially, which is why very extremely attractive women will find themselves at some stage in their life with a street rat type of guy. They know people. They might not know why or how they know people because they're natural, but for you, Justin, you're not a natural. You can learn to become better than a natural. Someone who is born without natural social skills, while it is a tougher journey for him to learn those skills, he does possess the infinite potential to surpass someone who never had to learn those. If you never had to learn social skills, you'll never rise to the level of someone who 
was never blessed and now has to learn. So Justin, this is the final point for you here on this before we move on to girls on the payroll, women on the payroll, just to cover my my bases. I don't care about whether you have a car or a house or tons of money and neither does she. Neither does she. What she cares about is your social richness, your emotional richness. Can you inspire an emotional experience within a woman in which that you can confirm for her on so many different points that she is in fact alive? Can you do that? If you can't do that, I don't care about your car. I don't care about your house. I don't care about how much money you have. A woman will not hang around. This is the point I said at the beginning. A woman will come for the money. She won't stay for it though. A true woman who has value within herself, who understands herself, she may come and may find herself in a situation with a man that does have the external value points, but she will not stay for those. And now we can talk about women on the payroll. By the way, guys, if you're enjoying this session, drop a thumbs up down below if you haven't already. Most appreciated. If you're listening to this on post in the uh, Post World podcast, drop me a comment as well and feedback. So, women on the payroll. Now that we just hit that final summary, what's the counterpoint to that? But Adam, Adam, I can hear you guys say, are there women that do come for the money and stay for the money? (laughs) Yes, there are. This is a nuance that is becoming more and more prevalent because of the nature of society, but we must discuss it. I would be remiss if I did not discuss it. But as a general principle, a woman that is worth your time, a woman that is worth spending time with, is not going to put your external value points above your internal. What type of woman, who's the type of woman that will though? A woman of real substance, a, a woman who, a woman who's the type of woman you want to have your children with, a woman who you would want to see you off into war. The type of woman that when, when the Persians, when the millions of Persians and Xerxes are at the hot gates and you and 300 other men have to go and defend those hot gates, when you are leaving the village for the last time and you know you're not coming back, What type of woman do you want seeing you off? That type of woman is the woman that does not value your external value points over your internal. She values your character. She values your vessel. She values your emotion and your currency to trade emotion well above any of your external value point, car, money, house, etc. The woman that you want seeing you off to war, the woman you want looking after your children and raising the next generation is the woman that values your internal value point above external. That is a, put a full stop on that, write that shit out, put that in your mirror, look at it. That's the type of woman I'm looking for. Now, let's talk about the woman who's the opposite. (laughs) Because it does exist. Because society is an interesting machine. Who is the type of woman that does the reverse, my friends, that does value external value point over internal? Because some of you might be thinking, Adam, this is fucking inspirational. I will become a man of such extreme substance and direct congruent authenticity in which that my masculine energy is able to inspire such safety on an emotional level of the woman that she would die for me, that she would carry on 
the raising of my children if I had to go out to a war that I would not return from. That's fucking inspirational. And I will become that type of person. But I heard about Jeffrey the other day. He's a bit of a he's a bit of a fish. But he's a fish with a lot of money. He's got a lot of cars. He's got a lot of social status. Why is she with him? Why does she stay with him as well? It's not like she just like got with him one night. He seems to have it's just be pretty regular actually that that Jeffrey seems to find himself with a lot of very attractive women uh, for reasonable periods of time, three, six, 12 months, maybe even two years uh, for maybe a couple of them, with these extremely attractive women, yet he's a bit of a fish. He doesn't have these principles you're talking about. He's not a man. In fact, he's despicable. He's absolutely despicable. Jeffrey is absolutely despicable. He, he, doesn't, he only cares about himself. He would never go out of his way to help a random stranger. He doesn't care about the well-being of, well-being of others. In fact, I'm pretty sure that his companies directly, directly hurt the environment. I'm pretty sure that Jeffrey has investments in coal, that has investments in uh, various fracking, that has investments in actual uh, factory-farmed pretty shady shit in terms of animal welfare. He's actually a bit of a low life, is what I'm trying to say. Yet, extremely attractive women seem to hang around with him, want to be around with him. How can this be? How can this be? What you are describing there, if you are hitting me with that point, and the men you are describing, the, the type of guy you're describing there, and the type of woman you're describing there, is the polar opposite of what I just discussed that we are as sound men, humble, wholesome men looking for, you are then describing a woman who has placed external value points higher on the stock exchange than internal, to the point of which that she has forsaken herself, to the point of which that she has entered a web of masks. She has entered a spider web of masks in which that she will forsake herself and play a game. I play a game of survival, which is why the spider web is most important. <clears throat> In that analogy, my friends, who is the spider? Is the sugar daddy, so to speak? That's what essentially what we're talking about here. The man who's going to financially support her, give her a monthly allowance, take her out to nice dinners, buy her dresses, buy her that Bugatti bag, have her driving around in a Porsche Cayetta, have her going out to the latest and greatest conventions and being seen on the red carpet, right? going out to all these balls, going to balls. Is he the spider or is she? In the spider web analogy of this type of woman, Let's start with this as the first question. Who is the spider? The woman or the sugar daddy? The woman who has forsaken herself and has decided that extrinsic value is now more important than internal value. But I don't give a shit. What, what, what does that mean, by the way? It's a woman who says, I don't give a shit about how much of a low life this guy is. I don't care if he doesn't have principles. I don't care if, if he, even if I have children with him, that I'll just try and keep him away from him as much as possible. I will just be with this guy purely for the financial stability 
And if, if that means I have to have sex with him, then so be it. But if he's if he's got me, if he's going to support my lifestyle, fuck it, I'll do it. Even if I don't really like him that much, I'll do it. I might learn to love him someday, maybe. That woman's forsaken herself. And so she finds herself on a spider web, wearing a mask. What I'm asking you guys is, who's the spider? Sugar daddy? Or the woman who's forsaken herself? This is the first question you need to understand if we wish to progress with this analogy. Because I cannot do respect to this analogy if you two, if you guys in the chat cannot even understand who is the spider and who is the one who has forsaken themselves. I mean, let's be honest, they're both forsaken themselves. But the woman who's forsaken herself, is she the spider or is the sugar daddy? Okay, going into the chat. Some good chat in here, guys. Please stay focused. Thank you. Thank you very much. Richard had come in with some follow-up on the whole Aladdin thing, saying, I had said because Aladdin was congruent with who he was that she connected with him. Everyone put Jasmine on the pedestal. Yeah, good job. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Broxine had come in saying, except if you're an Asperger that just doesn't get social cues. I learned since 15 years and still struggling, but there is no alternative. Hey, listen. I have a lot of empathy for that. I've got very close friends and family members that are on the autism spectrum, definitely have Asperger's. I've worked with clients that have Asperger's. And listen, that's the if that's your journey, that's your journey. You can give up or you can keep going. It's up to you. But I do have empathy for you. Ben Harlan comes in saying, love me some of the gates of fire. Yeah, man. Man. You get the, the, the gates of hell. That's where we're at. Jay New drops the first super chat of a US $2 saying, if you don't feel alive listening right now, you're not breathing. Just showing love and sharing my emotion of feeling very alive right now, Adam. Yes, sir. Your shot. Your shot. That's what I'm talking about. Not only because I truly appreciate the super chat, which goes to supporting this channel. And when we do get to open Q&A, Jay will get the first dibs on question. And I'll go much deeper into it. But also just because of the comment there that he feels bloody alive. That's, that, that lets me know that we're doing some meaningful work here. So thank you, Jay. Hontoni arigato gozaimashita. Konchishita. Okay, let's get on to this question though. Spider web question. Let's get to it. Richo come in saying, porn stars, prostitutes. Not all, but deaf some girls that value those things have psychological issues, maybe even daddy issues. So that's really good, Richo, because Richo brought that in in reference to what's the type of woman that does forsake herself. Very interesting though. Porn stars and prostitutes. Very interesting. We will get to that a little bit later because that's that seems like an obvious thing. The, the women, the type of women that just sell themselves out, forsake themselves, just have their life supported by sugar daddies, they've got to be prostitutes. They've got to be porn stars. Yeah, not that's definitely true, but you'd be surprised with how many normal-looking girls live that life as well. And fair enough, Richard did say it's not all, but it's true. Justin Bediaco has come in saying, so rich. By the end of each concept, having many deep epiphanies, definitely one to come back to. Just want to say thank you. And I'll honor today by embodying the wisdom learned. When the time comes, if you want to know anything more about the Syrian girl, happy to share. Yeah, Justin, we're, this might be a five-hour podcast. It's the last one of the year. It's the last one of the session. There's so many things I still got to cover. 
we've covered a lot, but we haven't even covered your sexual experiences with women. We've I will get to that. If I, for some reason, forget it, because we're not ready for open Q&A yet. There's still more on your story we've got to get to. Uh, listen, the reason why I chose your message as the last session of the year is because of how much there is to get into with it and because there's not going to be another social Q&A for some time. So that's why I wanted yours here because we're going to make the fucking most of it. So I will, we will get to your sexual experiences and Syrian Girl will play into that a little bit with the boyfriend. We'll talk about that a little bit, but we'll get back to it. Just thanks for mentioning that. Thanks for popping up and thanks for giving that feedback. That's awesome feedback, man. And as much as I've flamed you here in this session, it's it comes from love. Right? Uh, we need to know ourselves. We need the true. We need the fire of immensity. And whether you sharpen up or burn down, that's your journey. But I'll always be here for you, man. We all will. Ben High then comes in saying, ah, here we go. So first answers to the question of, in the analogy of the woman who's forsaken herself and the sugar daddy entering spiderweb of masks, Who's the spider though? Is it the woman who's decided to forsake herself and place external value above internal value points and that's what she's looking for? Or is it the sugar daddy and he's the spider? What's going on? Ben Harlan comes in with the first answer saying, the sugar daddy is the spider because the woman has fallen into his web of things. Physical things that is. Interesting. Jay New then comes in to say, I give women my money, but they give me their youth, in quotes. He heard this in a Vice documentary somewhere. I believe that's what Hugh Hefner said. I think, uh, sorry, Hugh, if I'm getting that wrong. Uh, Rest in peace, yes. But I believe that's something Hugh Hefner said. I give women my money and they give me their youth. I just, for some reason, I've heard that saying before as well. Jay New comes in saying, he says, it's the sugar daddy. As in, I think he thinks also, I think he thinks Ben is correct in saying that the sugar daddy is the spider web, uh, the spider. So Jay New and Ben, that's two votes for the sugar daddy being the spider. Distrackle then comes in saying, she's the spider because she put herself in that position slash web. So that's one for her being the spider. Okay. Kay Wu comes in saying, she is the spider that consumes for survival. The web is him that houses her and provides for her to consume. So that's two versus two. I like it. I like it. I like the. Uh, I like that you guys are thinking here that you got different opinions. Augustus comes in saying the man as he can catch multiple women. So Augustus is saying that man, the man, the sugar daddy, is the spider. So that's three versus two now. Ben I says you could be my sugar daddy any day, Johnny Dappen. <laughs> Don't mind that. Oh shit. Jose comes in saying, I think that it depends on the perspective. As both might think that they are in control. I would say that the man is the spider as they might change from prey. In brackets, women, often. So that's four versus two now. That's four for the man being the spider and two for the woman being the spider. Janu says, never retract that, Ben. You are truly a man who gives no fucks. <laughs> yes, sir. Real cash must stay on that. <laughs> Benji Solis comes in saying, hey guys, and my guy Solis. <laughs> you got the double Solis up in here. Good to have you, Benji. Jay New then comes in saying, if we try to calculate the equivalent exchange, the man is certainly walking away with something more valuable. Something more valuable more. Okay. So what's interesting about this question is that depending, Jose was actually the closest. Uh, if, if any of you had said 
the man is the. If any of you have said that the man is the spider in this analogy of of the web of masks versus the woman who's forsaking herself and choosing to be with him, any of you who said that the man is the spider, you are correct, yet not fully correct. Any of you who said that the woman is the spider are correct, yet less correct. So what that means is perspective. You can flip it based on which perspective you wish to choose it from. However, there is a supreme perspective if you were to step back and look at the social dynamics of the situation in totality, which is what Jose has come in with the correct answer. In saying that, they both could believe that they're in control from their individual perspectives. But if you were to look at in totality stepping back when he says, but I would say that the man is the spider as they change the prey. Look at the totality of the social dynamics here. Who controls the currency being traded between the spider and the one being eaten by the spider? We talked about trading of emotional currency. That doesn't apply anymore though. Because I said to you guys, what's the number one currency traded between human beings? Emotions. But we have now stepped into a different paradigm in which that's been thrown out the window we have now found two human beings that have forsaken that very fundamental of human principle, forsaken that and have said, fuck emotional currency. I'm going to leverage external currency, money being the number one, and social status along with that, housing, etc., along with that, but financial primarily. So we will forsake emotions and the core of our beings and we will mask ourselves with the number one currency of financial. My question to you guys is, who provides that currency? Who generates that currency? Anyone got the answer to that in the chat right now? Jay New and Ben Hyland. Who generates that currency? Who generates the currency being traded between the spider and who's been eaten by the spider? Jay Nu and the reason why I'm asking Jay Nu and Ben Harwin, and I'm sure they're typing right now, is because they were the two who were correct yet less correct, and the rest of you were correct but more correct. Not fully, not totally, but <laughs> Ben comes in with the first answer saying the world. Too esoteric, Ben. I'm talking about between the spider and the person being eaten by the spider. Between the sugar daddy and the woman who's forsaken herself. Who generates the currency being traded between the two, Ben? Between the two. Yes, obviously the money is a world concept, but I don't mean that's way too general, way way too macro. I'm talking about specifically between the two. If we talked before about the number one currency traded between two human beings is emotions. You got tripped up on that as well, Ben. It's emotions. You're thinking too wide on that. In this one here, between a sugar daddy position and a man, and with the woman, Who generates the currency traded between the two? Jay Nu and uh, Ben were the two that were off of that, so they are the two that should answer this question to see that they've learned from it. Augustus then comes and saying, I've got to bounce. It's 2 a.m. in London. I'll be back for this. Very good work. Thanks for being here, Augustus. Thank you very much. Jay Nu comes and saying, The lure to the web is produced by the man. 
Jose says, yeah, I think it is both because even gold diggers need some emotional offering and sugar daddies are basically expecting emotions in exchange for money. Youth, Jay says youth cannot be generated. Michael Sloan had come in saying, I think they are both spiders in that scenario if they both know what they want from the relationship and are both willing to forsake themselves, they would be mutually beneficial. Yeah, taking the analogy in a different way though. Well, I don't disagree with what you're saying in principle, you're using the analogy in a different way. That's not what we're talking about here. So, Ben High then comes in saying, the existential, the existential realm we exist in of these two would be their ego seeking fulfillment outside themselves. He would... <laughs> You and Jay are going too deep and too macro, which is why you're missing this. Well, I don't disagree necessarily with some of the things you're saying. Uh, the reason why you two, in saying that the woman is the spider, is incorrect, and why the man, and less correct, I should say, why the man being the spider in this particular analogy is more correct is because of currency being traded. The currency being traded by the two, financial stability, is generated by the sugar daddy, not the woman. The woman has a finite resource, her sexual attractiveness. That will end. That will not last forever. As she gets older, that is a finite resource that is getting shriveled away smaller and smaller and smaller. Her ability to leverage a forsaken relationship with a sugar daddy gets lower and lower, less and less, more and more scarce as she gets older. The sugar daddy has an infinite resource based on the way our current capitalistic world works. No matter how old the sugar daddy gets, he will always be able to, at least the way the world currently works, generate more financial stability, which is what? The currency being traded that brings prey to the web and that allows exchange on this spider web. That's why Jay New and Ben Hive, how they're off in this, is that that woman, while I'm not saying, that, I'm definitely not saying that uh, there aren't sugar daddies being taken advantage of. Of course there are. Of course there are. Although most of them enter that relationship willingly. And I'm not saying that there aren't emotional things going on between them. And that there aren't games being played between them. I'm sure there are. But if we step back to a totality and play this out across their two lifetimes depending on how you want to spin it. That's why I said Jose was the closest. From individual perspectives, one could perceive them, each of them could perceive themselves as being spiders. Take away their individual perspective, look at it in the totality of social dynamics. Here's the spider, right? And that the different women that will forsake themselves with their different masks will come to the web looking to suck, looking to, uh, sorry, the prey will come in, get caught, and that... They will be, if you just want to look on the analogy, if you look at him, the center point of the spider web with his mask, he has a spider with a mask, big red mask on his back. Just think of the Umbu block ups. And then the, that's the mask that I visualize anyway. And then you get uh, women that have forsaken themselves as you could look at them as the insects on the outside, on the consumption, the prey on the outside. We just look at that as a step back in terms of lifetime totality not within micro-individual perspectives. That's where I think some of you have got messed up with this. But you've all produced uh, relatively good points. Jay New says, ah, they both trading away their time, the man for money and the woman for financial security. But the opportunity cost to the woman is much greater. Very good, Jay. Very good. 
the opportunity cost is much greater to her. She has a very finite resource. His resource, as the way the world works, is currently infinite. Which is why in the position of total social dynamics, and I didn't really want to get this deep. I didn't think you guys would kind of struggle with this as, as much as you have. This wasn't a deep point. I thought it was pretty, I thought it was pretty straightforward. But that's okay that we work through it. Jose then comes in saying, I get that, Adam. Youth and beauty is limited. However, money could be gone in the flick of an eye. So if the guy runs out of money and the girl is still able to hunt some more sugar, she would be viewed as the upper hand, yet it still depends on perspective. Yes, but no, Jose. You are correct in the sense of one individual story within one moment of time. You are not correct in the totality of life. Just because a guy runs out of money doesn't mean he can't make it back. A woman can run out of looks, never get it back. She can try all she wants, Jose. She can Botox all she wants. She can genetically modify all she wants. A genetically modified 70-year-old woman woman will not look like a prime 21-year-old. So, Jose, what you're getting mixed up on, as the other two did, is individual perspectives in one moment in time. You're not looking at what this looks like across the total of life. Which is why for all the rest of you who did get it correct or more correct in saying that the man is the spider, you are correct in saying that because his potential to create currency never ends. Her potential to leverage currency is finite. All you look at there is infinite versus uh, finite. Okay. Benji Solis comes in to say it's pretty wild to see how a lot of things that used to be taboo or not not accepted to be normalized. Yeah, truth. Truth. Absolutely. When I was in primary school, gold diggers were frowned upon, shamed upon. Now it's pervasive. Pervasive. Now, Augustus Edom drops in a three-pound super chat saying thanks for the lessons. I really appreciate that, Augustus. I thought you were going to bed. But later on, when we get to open Q&A, if you want to ask a question, uh, or if you just, because I know you're going to go to bed, you can ask a question now. And because it's attached to a super chat, I can answer that in post. If it was not related to now, you can drop it in now. Otherwise, just thanks for being here and thanks for supporting the show. I really appreciate that. Him and Jay New are the first two super chats. So anyways, this was not meant to be a deep point on the spiderweb analogy yet. I'm actually, no, I'm glad that we did go into it. Because if you don't understand the spiderweb analogy, you won't understand the principles that go forward. So you do need to understand that. Very good. Okay. But it seems that the majority understood it. It was just a couple of people were a little off. That's all right. So, we talk about masks. Let's get into the masks here. Let's get into the masks. And because let's get this grounded. We're talking to Justin. We're talking about, hang on a second. What if Justin has a friend who's an absolute fish, despicable scumbag, no principles to stand upon. I will not have him at the hot gates with me. I will not have him defending uh, my village when the hordes are facing down upon us. I don't trust his character. Yet, extremely attractive women seem to be around him. Seems to be quite frequent with them. What's being traded upon there? We now understand financial stability. We understand the relationship between sugar daddy and woman who's forsaken herself. <sighs> Is it worth pursuing? Is it worth pursuing? Why go through the arduous journey of developing oneself to the point of such depth of character in which that you've deleted your self-limiting beliefs, you have destroyed all your egoic constructs to the point where you truly understand your nature of reality, your nature of life, your essence of being, that you've been through such test, such adversity, that 
a woman would actually, no matter what, choose your intrinsic value above your external, even if you had external value, even if you do have a uh, a well-built manifested game within this world of external value, but she would still see you for the internal value first. Why go through all of that if there are guys that can forsake all of that and choose the external and attract women for that? Well, it's a reasonable argument to make. It's a reasonable argument to make, but the thing I would ask if you are going to make that decision or the thing that I would question is is, is why. I'd ask why. And we can now think about it from both the spiders and the prey's perspective. Why are there so many women? Why is, to Benji Solis's point, why is this more pervasive than when maybe say I was like, 13 or 10 where gold digger concept was around but it wasn't like it wasn't something that people really talked about you couldn't just go to the clubs and see it so readily but now it's it's pretty readily why what's put women in a position what's put women in a position in which that the gold digger option seems to be and the sugar daddy option seems to be more of an option it seems to be more ready it doesn't seem too far of a stretch because I asked you guys earlier, what type of women are these women that forsake themselves to the point of which that I will just give my body to a man even if I don't really like him, even if I don't respect him, but because he he supports he supports my lifestyle of caviar and fucking Louis Vuitton. And if he can support that lifestyle and even if he can maybe, it means I can have some kids, maybe she even had kids previously and she was a younger girl. You know, that's a very uh, common thing nowadays that I'm noticing more and more is that I'm st- I've just, I don't know if it's just me, I don't know the statistics, but it seems to be that I've, I'm seeing a lot of young 20-year-olds more than when I was in high school that have kids, like girls, young girls that have kids. Anyways, that's something to, to you could have some bad about, but maybe she had kids from a previous relationship and she just happens to find this, this low fish who's just a bit of a scumbag really, but hey, listen, if I have sex with him, I can still have the caviar, still have the Louis Vuitton, and he can support my children. So my, at least my, my children might be supported. You know, you start to think about a woman who's in this position. Richard had mentioned prostitutes and porn stars. That's too easy. That's, that's low-hanging fruit, right? They live in a very different world. Uh, I'm not speaking about all porn stars. I'm not speaking about all prostitutes. I've met a few of them. I don't have any personal relationships with any of them. I've met a few of them, though. And uh, how they get into that type of work is very rarely the case of I sat down on my high school council and this is the path we mapped out. It's normally a reaction to life circumstance. It's normally not a first preference is what I'm talking about. Some of these girls are very genuine as well. Which is why there are actually a lot of prostitutes and porn stars that don't have sugar daddy relationships. But why would a woman forsake herself? Why would a woman forsake herself? Why would she put on that mask? When, mm, ah, mm, might hold that, might hold that last little point I was about to say. Ben Harlan comes in to say, what are you describe? What you are describing is a lack of morality and values. Yes, yes, I agree with you there, Ben. However. You're lacking something. You're lacking a word that starts with E. 
I kind of just described it. I just mentioned how I've met uh, sex workers, prostitutes, porn stars, and how some of them are very genuine girls. And how some of them it wasn't their first preference out of high school to go work on the pole or to go work someone else's pole. And a lot of the times it's uh, it's a response to something that happened in their lives. So when you say that what you are describing is that the type of women that forsake themselves and enter this web of masks is just because they lack morality and values. While I don't disagree with you that they lack morality and values, I would question whose morality, whose values, and I would then further question, what are you missing? Why would they be lacking said morality and values? Something that guys in this live chat often miss in their answers is a key word that starts with V. It's one of the biggest sticking points I've noticed this year in social Q&As. Guys will give very good answers, like Ben just did, but not full answers, not complete answers, answers that lack something. Starts with an E. Jay knew them comes in saying, from the perspective of the gold digger, who is she once her beauty is gone? What does she build? What is she, what is she to live for? I like that, Jay. However, we're not currently addressing that particular perspective. We're addressing the opposite, but we'll get there. And I like that. I like that. Ben Highland comes in to say, all she has is her memories and regrets. Hmm. Distraction says, I think chicks turn out like that because they didn't have many experiences of actually solid guys. Guys that didn't, uh, guys that didn't have strong leaders in their life. Potentially. Potentially. Could definitely play a part. Yeah. Edward comes in saying, I agree with Ben with a little thinking, scratching his chin. Jose says, at Ben, remember that morality and values depend on perspective. Good, Jose. That's what I just brought in. I like that. I like that you were thinking on the same line there. However, you're missing a key word there as well. It starts with a, uh, Jay New then comes in saying, if existence comes from emotions, I wouldn't go that far though. I wouldn't say if existence comes from emotions, but that's what Jay's saying. He says, if existence comes from emotions, why forsake an authentic life for mere survival? Ego needs have overridden the nature of these men and women. Okay. Okay. Jay's getting okay, Jay's getting close. What I'm really trying to point you guys towards here is what Jay has typed on with a word that starts with a word that does start with E, not the one I've been talking about with Ben, but a word called ego. And I keep saying the word mask. I keep saying it. I keep dropping this mask. I'm not just saying it's a it's a web of lies or it's a web of deceit or it's a web of misconception or if it's a web of uh, distrust or you know just a game of webs. I've not just been saying that. I've been saying a web of masks, particularly. Because how could someone forsake themselves at this point? How could either the gold digger himself or the sorry, not the gold digger himself, the sugar daddy himself or the gold digging woman? There's a level of forsaking going on here that would allow for that to happen. Yet it's very interesting. I think it's important to understand why that would happen. And I keep using the word mask, (laughs) but no one hits it. Jose comes in saying, I'd say human inner development. I don't know what that means, but... Oh, lack of human inner development. Yes, yes, but it's too general, way too general. Jay New had come in. Jay New had come in saying ego had needs have overridden the nature of these men slash women. That's the closest we're going to ride on that. And then then went on to say not just any egos, but those that are untamed and misinformed. 
Very good. Let's do this. I just need to get a new water bottle. Chocolate. That's one piston down. We're going to the second one. This is going to be a long session today. So I keep mentioning the word masks. Jay's mentioned a different word for that. It's called the ego. Well said by Jay New in terms of the overriding. I know these girls that aren't prostitutes and and porn stars. I know these girls have had personal relationships with these girls that are on the payroll, that decide to forsake themselves, that decide that actually I would rather be with a man that has extreme external value to the point where I don't even have to work I don't even have to do anything. I can just sip on that champagne. I can champagne, caviar, and Louis Vuitton. Right? That's just what I want to live. That's what I live my life. If that means I have to forsake not only my respect as a woman for who I am, but I have to say, forsake my respect of my body uh, because I'm actually not that attracted to him. You know, he's a nice guy, but I guess, but for some of them, and they're not. But for, I'm just thinking about the girls that I've literally one-to-one spoken with who have these relationships you know, a nice guy, but I'm not really that physically attracted to him. But I'm on the payroll. Not that she says that, but she says, but he pays for everything. So fuck it, right? Fuck it. That's that's the rationalization that I get. Those are younger girls. Those are girls, uh, I would say those girls 20, 21 to 25 at that time, the girls that I'm talking about there. Now let's fast forward to, hmm, 30 to 35s. No, some of these women. 30 35s on the payroll. The reasons change. It's not just about the caviar, Louis Vuitton, champagne, and just not being able to work. No, I don't have to work. The forsaking happens for a different reason for them. Got kids, Adam. Got kids. I can't support my kids. And if I can't support my kids, the judge will take them away and give them to the to their previous to, to their father. But I want to have the kids. So if it means that I have to forsake my respect for myself and respect for my body and give my body to this low-level scrub who doesn't really treat me that well, doesn't really give a fuck about me, barely even says anything to me at dinner, just wants to fuck me after dinner and then fucks off himself and goes and watches his football or whatever. But it means I can send my kids to school. It means that my kids can have a good life. It means that uh, at least as a mother while I've made so many mistakes and I've made so many bad moves, this is the one thing that I can see I can do for my kids. These are the stories I'll hear at 30, 35. So then Ben Highland's voice rings in my mind talking about morality and values. Who's morality and values? Is the younger 21-year-old, 20-year-old uh, payroll girl, is her reason for going with the sugar daddy external value Less moral and less value, let's just say moral, less moral than the 30 to 35 year old. And it's just because she just doesn't want to work. She's just, she's just a lazy, she's just a lazy bitch. She doesn't want to work and she just likes the high life. Is that more or less moral than the 30 to 35 year old absolute smoke show? But her reasons for forsaking herself to this, I will be with a male who's just going to provide me of external value rather than internal, but it's because I need to do it for my kids or it's because I need to do it to support my parents who are dying and sick in hospital. These are the stories that come to mind. Which one's more moral? 
I, is there a delineation between the morality between the two? Jose probably has something to say about that. Maybe some of you in the chat have something to say about that. All I want to point towards is understanding, and a key word that Ben had missed in his uh, in his explanation of things of morality and value, and I said he missed a key word. It starts with E. It's called empathy. Prostitutes, porn stars, women that become sex workers, women that become women on the payroll, women who aren't even sex workers, women who I know that you wouldn't even know if you didn't see them at the club with this type of guy. You wouldn't even know if you didn't know their lives that this girl's on the payroll. Yeah, she likes to dress well and maybe she flops a titty here and there. You know, maybe she gets the tits out for the boys every now and again. But for the most part, she seems like a normal girl. That's only when she gets drunk with her friends. But wait, hang on. She doesn't work at all? She doesn't do anything. All she does is that she smokes the pipe for this absolute fish who treats her like shit, but she gets a monthly allowance. That girl? No way. Like You wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't believe it unless you actually knew her and if you actually gone to her life. It's less believable for the 30 to 35-year-old I talked about that's got sick parents dying of cancer that needs to pay for leukemia treatment. It's even less believable by looking at that type of woman and going, that one? No, she's not in six-inch heels. She's not in, in clothes that basically her body is protecting the clothes and the clothes protecting her body. She's where, she's, she doesn't look like a prostitute porn star stripper. So what put her in that position? Sick parents having to support her children. You wouldn't, but, but looking at her, you wouldn't know. You would not know. You would not know. People forsake themselves for very different reasons is what I'm saying. And that there's a key thing as young men, young men in training, young boys in transition coming into men is which that it's very easy to label people as immoral, unvaluable, as uh, forsaken without adding the caveat of empathy, without understanding what put them in that position. It's the same thing for the serial, the serial killers and the rapists for the psychopaths and for the terrorists. No baby gets born into this world looking to kill. No baby is born looking to rape. No baby is born looking to forsake themselves and to place themselves in a position in which that they will not choose to be with a man who loves them and who's of such intrinsic value. But I'll rather choose a man who is of no intrinsic value but has all the extrinsic value. That's a hard point to swallow. But the point remains, no baby is born into the world with that preset programming. Nature and nurture. We all desire a hierarchy of needs. We all need to be fed. We all need to be sheltered. We all need to be provided for. On a physical, cellular level, yes. But it's not 10,000 BC. The way that nurturing comes in, our programming, our conditioning over time finds ourselves, we find ourselves in those positions where forsaking ourselves might be a more readily available decision than the average person sitting in their uh, comfortable living room who isn't in that position. It doesn't, it doesn't forgive the decision. It doesn't make the decision any less healthy or unhealthy serving or unserving it's just it makes sense to have a bit of empathy for this because when you actually meet these people you go you might want to help them if you don't have empathy for someone you don't want to help them 
we've got to talk about sexual attraction and spiritual attraction here. Fuck, there's so much to cover. I just need to do a 10-hour podcast, son. <laughs> there's so much to cover. I said to you guys at the beginning that I was going to bring a notepad. Listen, I talked to you about that, the generations of sexiness of yesterday when I was walking out, and there was this absolute diamond of a woman, uh, just one of the greatest asses I've ever seen, one of the greatest physiques. She's so put together, but her feminine energy was so on point as well. And then she was past, she was with her dog, and then there was the 20-year-old, 20-year-older version of her across the fence, and they were talking. I got into a, okay, but we're not there yet. <laughs> we're not there yet. <laughs> it doesn't make sense to tell that story right now. We we will get there though. We'll get there. Shit. Shit. There's too much to cover in these sessions. It's like this is like four podcasts in one. <laughs> so what am I really talking about? So let's finish the point though of empathy for the forsaking. We'll finish that. Then we'll move on to sexual attraction and spiritual attraction, which will come through the story of this generations of sexiness. So we'll get that after. So I'm going to the chat to see what you guys are saying about this. So Ben High comes in saying, the empathetic perspective of knowing what the self really needs, whether it be traditional morals and values, which built the great society of our grandfathers, which is now degrading into lunacy, or a better connection to what one needs in this life. Well, I'm glad that you're using the word empathy, which is good. Distract them, then comes and say, wow, that's a long bottle. Thanks, man. <laughs> what a, thanks, man. That's all I can say. <laughs> Jay New comes and saying, yeah, Voss is that Norwegian iceberg water, or so they say. The bottles are classy, though. Yeah, it is that Norwegian shit. Although the Norwegian water was long gone. Just filtered Australian water, son. Uh, Broxine comes in to say, that's very true on the 30 to 35-year-old women. I've had two of these. What do you mean you've had two of these? As in you've had two 30, 35-year-old daughters that have found themselves in forsaking positions? Or are you saying that you've been with two women that were of that nature? Either way, bloody good. That's bloody good. I like that. Uh, it's a good experience. Tony then goes on to say, I would say the older woman is more moral because she is able to self-sacrifice for the benefits of her loved ones and think outside of her ego. Jane then comes in to say, stop honey-dicking us, Adam, with the dap. Oh, he's talking about the sexiness of generations. We'll, don't, we'll get to the sexiness of generations. Don't worry, we'll get there. So Tonio comes in with something that we'll finish this point on, which I remember I'm always making this contextual to Justin. Why? Because why did I bring up the, the whole spider web of masks? Why did I bring up the forsaking of women that would choose not to go with a man who can provide her of intrinsic value, but would actually choose someone the complete opposite, forsake herself, go of external value building, uh, who will provide that for her, why would why would this happen? Let's understand why that would happen, why she would choose that. We've done that. Tony came in with something really interesting here, which is that I'd say the older woman is more moral because she's able to self-sacrifice for the benefits of her loved ones and think outside of her ego. So, uh, Tonio is both extremely correct and extremely incorrect. He is so correct that he is incorrect, in which that more moral is purely subjective. That's just Tonio. That's just Tonio. Tonio defines his morals. In some cultures, in some societies, it is moral and acceptable to lop off the clitoris of young women, to clitorally mutilate women. 
That's moral and acceptable in some societies. In other societies, that is the most heinous and egregious affront to feminine uh, autonomy. We have different morals. Everyone has different morals, different different set. Uh, there is no one set. So that's why he's both so correct. He's so correct for himself, but yet so incorrect for maybe someone else. For me personally, I see absolutely no difference between the two. Neither is more moral to me because I realize that is just a falsehood of subjectivity. I would only be giving you the answer that the ego Adam wants you to hear. But if I was to delete Adam, I would understand that the 21-year-old who just wants to who will suck a guy's dick and just so she can get paid so she doesn't have to work, that's neither more or less moral than the woman who is paying, who's doing the exact same thing, but because she has to support her children or because her parents are suffering from chronic leukemia cancer. For me to draw a delineation and to cast judgment between the 20 to 21 woman and the 30 to 35 year old would only be my subjective ego placing uh disconnection and separation between the two not honoring that they are actually one and the same let's put that to the side too deep philosophy for right now because why did we bring this up mr justin mr justin you might go down you may one day fall down the path you're 21 years old and i painted out a really rough path for you of of doing away with your extrinsic value dreams and that's going to make you the type of guy that will allow extremely attractive women to get around you. We've destroyed that now. Hopefully you can see that. However, that doesn't mean you want one day fall into that and think that that is something you would one day want to do because there are many guys that would rather do that. There are many guys that just get beat down and go, fuck it. Maybe they get cheated on by a couple of different girls because they're Mr. Good, nice guy in nature because they didn't erect the principles of direct, congruent, authentic with the woman. So that put her into a position in which that actually, I want to go with another guy. And she made mistakes on her own for not being upfront about it, of course. But end result, she cheated on you. And a lot of guys get pushed into web of masks, spider web of masks. Now, we finish this point uh, by saying this, that I, w- I wouldn't judge you if you decide to choose that game. You, just, you decide to play the game of masks. But please know that it is, in fact, a game of masks, which is why that it's a web of masks, which is why I keep using the word mask. Because in the... In that path, if you choose to become the type of man that says, which is basically what you've described to me in your Instagram message, is that when I get the car, when I get the financial stability, and I produce all these things, these external value points, that will attract a woman. That's what you began. That's what we began with. We destroyed that now. But if you one day chose that path, you one day chose that path and say, that fuck it. Fuck the internal development. Fuck becoming a man of intrinsic value. Too hard, too difficult. I would rather play the game of masks. I will not judge you for doing that. I would just have you understand what the mask is and what the game of the masks are, what the web of the masks are. Externally, you are always attempting addition. In the game of masks, your masks are always imperfect and you always have to be building onto them. What does that look like? Cars, next car, next money load, next house, next trip overseas, next woman. The mask is constantly falling apart. And so you have to keep reaching outside of yourself to keep applying more pieces to the mask. It's a game that never ends, a cup that has no bottom. If you choose the other path though, of internal 
intrinsic value development. I will become a man who is respectable, honorable to the degree in which that I will not need to rely on external value point to attract a woman. And that actually I could be the straight rat of straight rats and she would still find something within me that would be pull her in deep. We can talk more about that later, how that would look. But at a core level, that's what I'd rather do. That is a game of subtraction from the game of masks. In that game, you are actively removing pieces of your mask. What is your mask? Your ego, your concept of self. In the game of intrinsic value uh, development, what did I say was the number one value, by the way? Currency traded, emotions. What is inexhaustible? That which is undying and unchanging. What is that that cannot be taken away from you? Your intrinsic value. Justin, the the one thing I'll never be able to take away from you is the experiences that you had that developed you into the man that you become. I can never take away from you the adversity that you went through to become the person you had to become. I can, no one can ever take away from you the hours, the hundreds of days of nights of you going out and getting rejected not only by other people, but by yourself, by feeling the pain, the deep burning pain of your inadequacies, and then going out the next day and saying, I'll go again. I'll do it again. I'll get better. No one can ever take that away from you. They'll take away your car. They'll take away your house. They'll take away your money. And you'll be scratching to try and patch that mask up. Get that mask back together, right? But if I put you on the other side of things, take everything away from you. One thing I cannot take away from you is your ability to trade emotional currency, which is the number one thing that human beings care about. Human beings do not care about anything but the trading of emotional currency past before the point of forsaking that's why we went on the forsaking you will find human beings in this life that have reached a point through circumstance both nature and nurture but heavily through circumstance in which that i will now choose to forsake myself and they cross the threshold and they decide to play the game of masks an addition based game more 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 to the end of their lives unless they choose to come back and cross back over Everything can be taken away from them. Pre that point, pre that point, that threshold. If you never cross that threshold, you can be the poorest of poor. You can be the type of guy that's living on welfare, that is living in a welfare house provided by the government, that you, you barely have enough to eat, you barely have enough to even get by. But you have such richness of emotional currency in which that you can make people feel a certain way. You can confirm their existence for them. That you'll always be rich in social connection, in fulfillment in life, in understanding why you live, in being here. In which that people will always be attracted to you because your command of emotional currency is so deep. There's a man this morning. There's a man this morning at the park. He fits this bill to the absolute letter. He, he is the epitome, one of the epitomes I've seen in the life of this intrinsic value development in which that he wears some of the most ragged clothes. He, I for sure, live, doesn't have an Aston Martin by no accounts. I'm not even sure if he has a car. He's, I'm pretty sure he lives in a welfare house somewhere around this area. And But, but with all that, so he has no... Ex- in your view, Justin, in society's view, has very little extrinsic value. Doesn't have the money, the house, and 
obvious. But I love to see him. I love to see him. I love to talk with him. He makes me feel so good. He makes me feel safe. When I talk to him, he's 100% present with me. He looks me in the eyes. He riles me up, right? When I say it, when we go to shake hands, we laugh, we, we joke with each other. He pushes me around. I push him around. He, he genuinely cares. He can look me in the eyes and I know that he's not thinking about something else. I know that he's not concerned with anything else. He is, he is as close to the Buddha as I would ever imagine in this life in terms of his ability to connect with presence. It is ridiculous how he makes me feel. He confirms my existence for me. On an external level, on a level in which that I'm operating with the beast known as Adam, Adam feels safe, the beast in the yard, the beast in the field feels safe around him because he is just, his internal value is so deep. And when I walked away from him this morning, knowing I was going to do this podcast, I said, I would die for that guy but I would not die for anyone else who couldn't provide that. I'd take a bullet for that guy any day. I'd take a bullet for that guy. I don't even know him that well. I don't know him that well in terms of the logistics of his life and his life story, but I know him better than anyone else. I know him better than anyone else because every time we talk, we know each other truly because we both have the ability to connect on that level that is derived through intrinsic value. We can both see each other to the degree without having to look at each other. I take a bullet for him. But if there was another man who walked down the street, who's I know, maybe he's a nice guy, but he's fucking loaded. He's got the mansion. He's got the Aston Martin. He's got bitches on the payroll. Why, why would I, I, would, I don't feel like I want to take a bullet for him, even if I don't know him just as well as I just don't know the other guy. So why would I take a bullet for that guy who has no extrinsic value based on society's ladder and the web of masks because he has no mask because when I get to be around him, I get to be around him. I get to be me. He gets to be him and that's it. He has traded with me the ultimate currency. I feel alive when I'm with him and so I'll do anything for him. I'll go anywhere, whatever he says, I'll trust him. And I'll, I'll, I, I will be at the hot gates with him. I want to defend my village with him, even though I barely know the man, but I know him better than anyone else. Justin, that's, that's what we're really talking about here. Now, if that guy can make me feel that way with him, how do you think he makes women feel on a sexually connected level? You've been asking me in, these, in this Instagram DM, Let's just get your exact words. I've been saying, I can, I've already know it off by heart, basically, but it's just, it's, it's important to get your exact words. I want the masculine energy to where she finds herself extremely attracted deeper than she understands why. Thoughts on how I should behave, mindset when being with or trying to attract her slash them. What that guy does. What Matt did for me. Rest in peace, my man wherever you are. The people who make you feel safe. We t- I took you through the absolute dime piece analogy with the street rats. What do the street rats do? What does this guy do? If, any, if but anything else, they want, they're not the people to ask about financial investments. They're not the people to ask about uh, building social status and wealth and growth and all these things. They're not the people to ask about that. 
but they are the people to ask about emotional currency. They are the people to study about the thing that we care about most, pre the point of forsaking ourselves, which we would never, I would never recommend anyway. So Justin, you, you're thinking about how can I become the type of man that can have such a masculine energy in which that a woman so deeply attracted to me that she doesn't even understand why? You need to take off the mask. Peel off the pieces. Don't add more. When you're going to the external level, when you're telling me I need the good car, need the good money, need the good direction in life, I'm not saying don't go after those things, don't pursue those things. I'm not saying don't. What I'm saying though is that as you attempt to add more pieces to your mask, the more you block me from connecting with you. So even if you were to find yourself in a situation with Syrian babe, with a really attractive woman, if you don't know how to take a mask off, and this is a paradox we're going to get into here, because you're also hearing from me, but you're not telling me not to pursue the the car, the, the money in the house. We'll get to that in a little bit. But at a core level, if you don't have the ability to take off the mask, no one will ever see you. This, this deep pulling you describe, you describe, this deep masculine pulling that makes a woman attracted to you on such a deep level. If you don't have the ability to take off the mask, it's, how's it ever going to be communicated? How's it ever going to be traded? It won't be. So, so, let's take a pause there. If you guys enjoying the session, hit the thumbs up on this video down below if you haven't yet. Most appreciated. I'm going to dive in the chat, see what you guys are saying, and then we'll dive on to the lineage of sexiness. <laughs> the lineage of sexiness, this story of the difference between sexual and spiritual attraction, which is still relevant to Justin, uh, because it's where we're going to dive now into some more sexual tactics of things. Okay, okay, okay. Yes, sir. Holy fuck, that's raining big outside. Yeah, guys, it's December in Australia, and it's like winter this morning. It's ridiculous. I was wearing a beanie. Fucking nay. Uh, that uh, that climate change is real. Don't get into an argument about what's causing the climate change. All I know is the climate change is real. Whether you think it's natural or whether you think it's human uh, instigated, hey, that's the debate for the for the for the for another time. So, what are people saying here? What do you guys been saying in the chat about all this? So, Kay Wood said. If she does not voluntarily choose to pursue external resources because of her morality, how do you think she was conditioned to come to that way of thinking? Uh, you made a mistake there, Kev, in which that, if you're talking to me, that question's to me, which is that it is because of her morality that she has chosen to pursue external resources. Maybe I'm not just not understanding your question right. It's kind of phrased a little bit strange. If she does not voluntarily choose to pursue external resources because of her morality, she does voluntarily choose though, okay? That's why I think your question's phrased a bit strange though. Whether she's conscious that she's choosing the payroll life, that's individual case by case. But, but it is a case of morality. It's just subjective to her. <clears throat> Like no, like I said, no baby's born that way. That it comes through conditioning. Whether she's conscious of her conditioning and the choices that happen within that, that's up to individual case by case. Broxine said, no, I had two girlfriends, one with a kid and another without. 
but they both were clearly looking for internal. Uh, sorry, they were clearly not looking for internal, but for external values for the current future kids. There you go. Broxine comes in with it. Thanks for that. Thanks for the shout out there and for the context. Ben then comes to saying, do you believe we are born knowing right from wrong or that it is more a societal thing we pick up on, we pick up upon subconsciously from our conditioning? That's a great question. The question that Ben's asking there is dependent upon what does right or wrong mean? Because Ben's asking me, do, we believe, do I believe that we are born knowing right from wrong? It depends what right or wrong is. Your right and wrong is very different to my right or wrong. What I believe, though, is that we are pre-programmed with biological needs, which is indisputable, and that we act accordingly to those from the get. However, how much that is changed, how much the programming is changed as we get older through our conditioning, that's when the question of right or wrong is. So do I feel like, we are pre-programmed with subjective right or wrongs? No. I believe babies are a blank canvas. In some cultures, let's rewind 1,500 years, Ben. Let's rewind back to the Crusades. Let's rewind back to the warring states, the warring states, the feudal warring states within Japan or China. Were babies born with the inherent need to destroy uh, the Wu clan? When you were born to the to the Shen Yu and with babies coming out of the womb, decided they were pre-programmed that it's right to go ahead and to pillage and to rape and to destroy this other village just because they live in a different location. I do not believe babies are born of that inherent uh, subjective knowing that that's right or wrong. You guys want to take out Naruto uh, with, a, with a Uzumaki or with a Senju born thinking that we must destroy the Uchiha and the Uchiha are inherently bad. I don't think so. I think that the fathers, the Senju fathers, that the Shen Yu fathers instilled those beliefs within blank canvases known as babies. No babies, no babies born to kill, at least in, in a way that's immoral based on our set of morals. But I, I believe that babies are born with a preset of biological needs. They need to eat and they need shelter and they need to stay warm. But beyond that, let's, it's nurture. Beyond that nature, it's nurture. Hopefully that answers your question. What's right or wrong, though, is based on your culture, 100%. Slavery, is it right, is it wrong? Based on your culture. Okay. Let's, get on, let's move on past here because we'll get into, Jay New wants to hear about the lineage of sexiness. <laughs> This is uh, interesting, very interesting sexual. It's the next. The next part of his podcast is going to be the sexual experiences for young Justin and what he needs to do, because we've discussed so deeply the flaws of his next ten years, the red flags of the next ten years. We need to get some stuff that's gonna he can work on now, though. And the lineage of sexiness is going to be direct for that. So let's go. I'm just going through here. I'm just looking for the chat to see if there's anything re- more relevant to to add into here. 
You guys are saying good things in chat, but I'm just going to keep this podcast rolling. It's a long session. We keep going. At this point, I just really read out the things that are that are not just reiterations of what I'm saying. But, uh, okay, Jose comes in to say, Yo, Sensei, I'm lit for the 10-hour podcast. Haha, <laughs> how about a two-minute toilet break? I'll get a wine cup and shit. <laughs> yeah, okay, so that's kind of this moment right now. If you need to go to the bathroom before we get into sexual tactics of what a young boy can do, uh, when I say sexual tactics, what does that mean? That means how can he sexually develop himself with internal value? That's the next thing we're going to get into. If you need to take a break right now, please do, because we've got a whole new section to go into after this. Um, I don't need to take a piss yet. My bladder's holding up strong, but we're almost four hours into this session. Energy levels are peak. Animal-based diet, energy levels are strong. <laughs> so I'm good. I will need to get some more water at a certain point, though. Uh, Benji Solis. Benji Solis comes in saying that I see that in a lot of people, their character is based on what they have and external gains. It's sustainable for a short time, but when put to the test, eventually it won't hold out. 100%. Agree with that. Tonio comes in saying, My head is exploding from the inside so far, but I'm loving it. Haha. <laughs> Thank you for that mention, Tonio, and I'm glad, glad to hear you're growing with this. That's awesome. Jose says, can't take my eyes off of this. Well, Jose, you can take a piss right now. And uh, I'm going to, as I'm reading out these final two comments, I'll give you guys 30 seconds to go do what you need to do. And we're going to get into the lineage of sexiness and developing sexual inner value. This is some stuff that's very close to my heart that uh, I might even, we might, we might even do an infield breakdown. <laughs> I was thinking about this. There's an infield audio interaction that I, that I, I thought in preparation for this podcast, I might play, but it was too loose. Like I'm like, how am I going to connect this? But now it seems like it's going to connect. So you won't want to miss that. We are, oh, now I've said it, we're probably going to do it. Even though I didn't think we were going to do it. But what, what I'm saying here is just a honey dick, you guys. Don't worry. For those of you that are running off to get over tour, you're not missing much. But for those of you that are still here, I have an infield audio interaction from my first ever 30-day challenge. This is when I had the two years of fucking up. And I'm, I'm 19 years old. And I approached a woman in a mall. And another woman interrupted us. And then one of my personal training clients interrupted us. Still closed the deal. <laughs> uh, it's rough. It's very rough. But of course it was. It was my first ever 30-day challenge. I was 19. I didn't know what it meant to be direct, congruent, authentic. I was just learning. But uh, but the reason why I thought I might play that infield audio breakdown and do a bit of breakdown with you guys with that is because Justin might learn a lot from that because I wasn't that much younger than he currently is now. And now you can see where we are now. So, Maybe. We'll see if, if it connects, it connects. If it doesn't, then fine. It's, it's something in the back pocket I might bring out. Okay. Ben Highland then comes in to say, it's the grand solar minimum atom. What? Our cycle is about to reset. We are in for some interesting times. I don't even know what the fuck that means, Ben, but it sounds, it sounds saucy. The grand solar minimum. All right. Jose says, haha, thanks, I'll run. No worries, Jose. So let's do it, my friends. Let's get into the next part of this podcast on how Justin, our 21-year-old, can develop uh, internal sexual value beyond the deep philosophical macro level of what I went on before. 
of the principles of being a man, of of the trading of emotional currency, of being the type of guy that is removing his mask to the point in which that there is no mask. Can see people without looking. That's all great. That's excellent. That's stuff that you need to get your head wrapped around. However, thank you very much, my friends, for diving into this episode of Social Q&A Live. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you had a great time. And just before you run off, don't forget, that guided meditation, Eternal Energy, has now been released, now available at boldojo.com. Dive into who you are and evolve beyond. You can also pick up the ebook, book one-on-one Skype coaching, all at boldojo.com. Donate anything you wish through the PayPal links or the Boldojo podcast uh, donation link. All of that's tremendously appreciated. And I'd also love your feedback on this session. Whether you want to actually, I'd most appreciate your feedback on the actual YouTube videos itself. If you go into YouTube, drop your comments there. That's probably the best way. It really just helps support the channel. And I always, uh, I actually source the next episodes of Social Q&A from the previous episodes of Q&A. I often just look at the comments and often find really good uh, ideas for topics there. So if you got a suggestion for a future Social Q&A that we can kick things off with, just head over to the YouTube channel at The Bowl and uh, drop it down there. Get engaged, subscribe to the channel, support what's going on here. And that would be uh, tremendously appreciated. With that being said, I wish you all the absolute best in your lives. Much peace and much joy.